It's Lori here and heads up, get ready for a fabulous, fabulous show. Today I'm bringing to you a gentleman by the name of Harry Slatkin, and he was named the King of Home Fragrance by the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. He is the founder and CEO of a company called Homeworks, H-O-M-E-W-O-R-X, and Scentworks, S-C-E-N-T-W-O-R-X. Throughout his career, Harry has created candles for Martha Stewart, Elton John, Oprah Winfrey, Madonna, Princess Diana, and he was just such a joy and so entertaining and and generous with stories surrounding his career path that I know you are going to absolutely love this episode. And my gosh, let me know if you're on board. Let's get him back here. He was so fun. Okay, guys, stay tuned. Enjoy the show today because Harry is entertaining and kind and fun and funny and very successful. We can all learn from him and the advice that he shares. and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I'm a licensed esthetician, spa owner, industry consultant, speaker, and journalist, and the founder of the Beauty Biz Club, which is the only professional success-based society designed to dramatically up your bookings, increase your profits, and provide you with industry-specific resources that are needed to succeed. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, please visit beautybizclub.com. Now I invite you to join me as I feature inspirational messages from industry gurus and practical tips to tap into your best success. Stay tuned for some serious Beauty Biz entertainment. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. This is your host, Lori Cree, and today I have a special guest by the name of Harry Slatkin. Hi, Harry. Good morning or good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm great, thank you. Uh, This is so exciting for me because it's just such a, a unique opportunity to interview somebody who has been named the king of home fragrance by the New York Times. I want you to maybe just start off telling me how the heck did you earn that name? Because it's a cool one. I know it's embarrassing, but not really. <laughs> the thing is, is that really the reason I have that net got anointed by that and the Wall Street Journal is because we really recreated what home fragrance is looked at as an industry today. So when I started, which I'll, if you, I'll, I'll go through that story eventually for you, but if you want, but and I started 28 years ago, there was really nothing happening in home fragrance. You either had two very high-end French imports that were very expensive and only burned occasionally, or you had everything at the very low end, which really bothered me how people were being treated. Cherry should smell like a cherry cough drop or mushroom. I mean, it just bothered us. So we came into the industry not really looking at the industry as a whole of, I want to do a home fragrance candle, but we did it by accident. And by doing that, we had not only created our own brand back then called Slatkin and Company, but we created about 150 home fragrance brands. So we created all the home fragrance from, oh gosh, from Ralph Lauren, Vera Wang, Tory Burch, Laura Mercier, Chopard, Dior, Nars. It just got on and on. And the reason we did that 
is because we treated it like a fine fragrance. We AI a fine fragrance, home fragrance. There's no difference. I don't talk down to a customer because every product, whether it was one I create for myself or one I created for Ralph or one I created for Vera, I create it as if I were using it in my own home. And if my nose wouldn't allow for it, then actually I wasn't gonna bring it to market just for money. I could care, I never did this for money. I did this out of passion and love, and out of that then create this wonderful empire where I built the largest home fragrance company in the world. And that anointed me with my crown. Well, it sounds like it's well-deserved. I wear it proudly now. <laughs> I, I was reading through your bio and I'm thinking, God, he sounds like the sommelier of scent. <laughs> and in essence, that's such a good way of putting it, because I basically am a sommelier in the sense of when you have an interior of your home and you're burning candles, I can tell you which is right for the mood. I can tell you which is right for each room. But you also become your own sommelier because you have to decide that on your own. Do I love a burgundy? Do I love a cab? Do I love a Chardonnay? That's really up to you as you start to make your nose come alive. I'm a musk girl. Egyptian musk, vanilla musk. Those are my scents for sure. That you know what you like. My job in life is to get you to love what you like and get it better for you and then to win you to some other areas. That's my job in life. I feel like a career path like this is not one you seek. It is more of one that finds you. So I want to ask you a few questions. Like when you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, it's so funny because my daughter's 20 years old. And just this weekend, she came down to visit us at our home in Florida. And we had this conversation because at 20 in college, all this pressure is on for what do you want to become? So I tried to tell her my past. So I'll share it with you. I have 15 years, at 14, my first job was working at a local pizzeria. I grew up in Montclair, New Jersey. And I worked into the pizzeria, all excited that actually I was going to either eat what was left over or I'll be able to take people's orders. And they put me in the kitchen to clean the pots and pans. Well, that lasted two days. <laughs> that was my first job. And what the reason I bring that up is I find as an entrepreneurial, and I guess I'm a serial entrepreneurial, um, person is it's about the voyage and finding in the voyage what you end up loving. No, I had no idea I would ever become home fragrance nor the king of home fragrance. It was what led me to do that, that it happened. And what happened with home fragrance, I went from pizzeria. I sold fabric on the weekends at a flea market because my family was in textiles. I made extra cash. My first job was making table and bed linens. That actually became a very large company. That was at 16. I then went to Wall Street to work at Bear Stearns, where I became a director of Bear Stearns. But none of those were satisfying for me. They were just a means to make some money. And then my wife and I met. We got engaged. She worked on Wall Street. And we wanted a change in our life. And that change allowed us to say, well, what is it going to be? And my brother who's an interior designer, always gave their, his clients a scented candle at the end of a project because he thought it was a shame to spend all that money on the interior, how it looks, and not take care of our keenest sense. We smell before we do anything. So in the beginning, he had all these ladies who were very well known. And everywhere he went, someone would say to him at a dinner, you, would you make a candle for me? Or if we went out or we got emails, would you make a candle for me? He's like, no, I'm not in the candle business. I do interior design. So he said to my wife, when we were engaged, if you want to take over the candles, by all means, do it. I don't want another candle ever again in my life. And Laura and I talked about it and we said yes. And at the exact same time we said yes, there's a very famous woman in actually retail named Rosemary Bravo. 
And Rosemary Bravo really is known for turning Burberry around as their chairman and making it the company it is today. But back then she was leaving San Francisco to become the president of Saks in New York. And a friend of ours in San Francisco said, you must smell the Slatkin candles. And truly, this is a true story, Rosemary's first project she ever did when she came to Saks was she launched us. And home fragrance, like home, used to be on the top floor of Saks, which meant by the time you got to the top floor of Saks, you always forgot what you went there for because it was the eighth floor. I'm like, why am I on the eighth floor? Oh, yeah, uh, candles. So I read all these great books about Estee Lauder, Helena Rubinstein, Charles Revson, who founded Revlon, and they pushed to be in cosmetics an instant purchase, a lipstick. And I fought to be in cosmetics. And while home fragrance is found in cosmetics only now, back then with Rosemary, I got to the third floor, the couture floor. And we did this large shop off the escalators. Women's Wear Daily did a full page article. And that's where Ralph and Nars and Laura Mercier all came to us and said, hey, candles sound like fun. Could we do it? And we changed the candle industry. I love that. What You said 28 years ago this all happened? 28 years old, uh, years ago, rather, and lots of gray hair later, yes. <laughs> well, I, I did some research. You and your wife are a gorgeous couple, so it works for you. <laughs> I just have gray hair, but I do, but thank you. <laughs> yes, beautiful couple. So I am just curious, you know, you have such an incredible list of celebrities. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I have some questions. Sure. I mean, we've been very privileged. I didn't seek out the celebrity part because quite truthfully, when you're doing a business, your whole focus is really production, sales, getting a next department store, whether it be Saks or Neiman's or Nordstrom's eventually, whether it be, you know, Kohl's or, or QVC. I mean, that's really where your growth is. But along the way, you get to meet some really fun people who end up finding your candles and love them, like Elton John. So can I tell you a funny story how we met Elton John? Of course. So there was this woman who was buying our candles in such a big amount that we actually had a meeting at our company thinking of having her followed because she was buying <laughs> this unscented candle, this gardenia scent. And we used to think, oh my God, we used to just like look on eBay. Was she reselling them? We could not figure it out. So one day we get a phone call from her and she says, we're in the car with someone who actually I've been buying the candles for and he wants to come in, but you need to close down your shop. We started with a little shop on 70th Street in New York. And we said, well, we really don't close our shop because Oprah Winfrey, Mrs. Onassis, when she was live, they all came to the shop and we never closed it. We never were crowded. So we said, we really don't close it. She says, well, it's Elton John. So we said, oh, we'll close the shop because it's spending <laughs> Are legendary. His, I mean, you all read about how much he spends when he shops. I have to ask you a question. Of course. Did you get this phone call from his interior decorator? No, we got it from his best friend. Okay, because his interior decorator was a client of mine for a while, and I thought, wouldn't that be a small world? But anyway, go ahead. So you're closing up shop for Elton John to come in and do some serious shopping. And let me just explain the moment. So here's Elton John coming in, never met him before. He's coming in with his then boyfriend, who is now, of course, his married partner, David, and David was in filming him for Tantum and Tiaras, the, the documentary that came out in his life. So he's got an entourage, Davis, filming us throughout the shop as we go through it. Elton John, bigger than life in person. He's exactly what you would expect in person that you see when you go to the, the concert. Or in, and here he is. And he walks around the shop and he says to me, I'll take these scents. Here's my MasterCard. And he leaves. And he bought $38,000 worth of scented candles. <laughs> 
That's a good day in a candle shop. For anyone who's listening to this, if you ever buy $38,000 worth of my scented candles, we are going to become best friends. I so love that. So we became best friends with Elton John. It was his 50th birthday, and we were invited to his birthday outside London at his house called Woodside. And we thought, what are we going to get him as a present? Elizabeth Taylor, Sting, all these amazing people who were going to be giving him gifts. So we thought, why don't we give him 24 couture candles, just so you understand Elton's passion for candles. In every residence he has, and he has several of them, he has a room that's built that is temperaturally controlled for his candles. He actually will go around before he goes to sleep and extinguish his candles himself. My kind of guy, right? <laughs> so Laura and I decide to give him 24 scented candles that he will create on his own. And he literally called us and said to Laura and I, this is the best gift anyone's given me, but it will be the best ever if you would do it to benefit my foundation. And he was just starting the Elton John AIDS Foundation. This is in the beginning of when everyone was just starting the conversation of AIDS and a lot of people didn't want to even talk about AIDS. And Laura and I immediately said, absolutely, we'd love to do it. And we launched it at Neiman's and Saks and all over the all over the world actually, and it sold out. And it Elton, it was about every candle you got reading about the foundation's mission but we ended up raising about $8 million for the foundation through the sale of that candle. Wow. So that's how it begins. And then we met Princess Diana before she, we used to sneak our candles into Kensington Palace and Oprah, we were on every Christmas show. So it just became a fun voyage. And again, I'm a boy from Montclair, New Jersey. So when I went to the Academy Awards every year, cause Elton does a dinner, there every single year. And when you become friends with Elton, it's kind of command performance. And I'd be on the side just literally drooling. I'm sorry. You, you can't be jaded enough to say, look who just passed by. Look who just passed by. So for me, it was like a boy in a candy shop. Give me more and give me more. Give me more. Okay. I have two questions to ask. First of all, was your wife nervous? Do you remember when she had to figure out what to wear to Elton John's 50th birthday party? No, but I'm going to show you a funny story about when we went to Elton John's wedding, when he married David, we went to two weddings. There was one here and one in England. And we stayed at Claridge's Hotel, and right before us went out a, I'm not going to mention her name on air, one of the most famous, she's in design, and her husband's one of the most famous footballers. Okay. <laughs> so I figured out. And so she went out, and we're waiting to go out, and obviously Claridge's packed with the paparazzi outside, because everyone who was leaving to go to the wedding, a lot of them were staying at our hotel in London. So she, this woman standing there in front of us, Small thing, thin, but she had this huge fur. And just as she went through the revolving door, she dropped it. And the back of the dress went all the way down. You could see the top of her crack of her behind. <laughs> and the paparazzi went crazy. And my wife said to me, and the concierge rushed over because he could see the fright in my wife's face. And he said, she said, I am not the next woman out the front door. I do not want to see the disappointment on those paparazzi when <laughs> I come out the front door. So she did take a lot of care into what she wore, but she got quite nervous at the moment we were going out right after that famous, beautiful woman with that dress. Oh my goodness. I'm glad that you guys have found entertainment in all of this because hard work deserves a little bit of fun and, and entertainment. <laughs> Lori, as you well know, by doing this and building up what you've built up, if you don't have fun, you don't enjoy it, it's really not worth the voyage. It you just know, is. I so resonate with that statement. And when I, you know, I'm a business 
coach and whenever somebody comes to me and they're, they're trying something new or they get to speak in front of people, the one thing I remind them of is just have fun doing it because that's really what it's all about. That's what life's all about. It's hard work. There's no doubt. Anyone who tells you it's not hard work, they're lying. Anyone who tells you you're not going to make mistakes, they're lying. Anyone who tells you that, you know, it's not going to be fun, then they're not enjoying that whole experience. It has to be. Can I tell you the very funny thing is we were the first time we were on Oprah Winfrey. Do you mind if I tell these stories? Oh my God, no, not at all. I love this stuff. So please do. And we got on Oprah because she loves scented candles to this day. So we get on Oprah because she loved our candles. We're on her Christmas special. And they warned us that when she puts it up, they're going to put up our 800 number because they do that for the, they did that for the product in those days. Be ready. Okay, so we were ready, right? So all of a sudden, our phones start ringing. And we get, we're ready. And they start ringing. You couldn't get a phone message. Our phone messages held 500 messages. We had to, every 15 minutes, we couldn't take the phones quick enough. We had to actually go through our message machine, delete it by taking all the messages, would fill right back up. That lasted for two to three days. Wow. We just calm. Literally, 24-7, we were in the office. We were rolling pizza and Chinese food. The whole company was manning the phones and this message system and getting these orders in. We're in retail. That's what you want to do. We have a day's reprieve. Literally, we all got a night's sleep. We come back in the office. They didn't tell us it was going to be done in the Midwest three days later. So three days later, what happened? Our phones, the same thing. It starts lighting up. We couldn't, no one could get a phone call in for the next couple of days because the phones kept lighting up. Our messages were backlogged. So we were, it was Christmas vacation and we were going away and it re-aired. And as it re-aired, my wife, co- we were on literally, we were in Anguilla. My wife and I woke up thinking, oh, finally, we're going to have some respite. And she said to me, you're not going to believe it. It just re-aired. Our message machine was full. Our first day and a half, literally in the hotel room, never saw light, never saw sand, never saw anything. My wife and I were just retrieving phone messages, deleting them, retrieving them. So that's that's the stories you get behind it and the fun and the glory and the hard work. Yes, yeah, love hate relationship with our business sometimes for sure. But you know, as you look back at it on, it's all part of the fun. It's all part of the fun. Speaking of looking back, I do have a question here in my notes that I want to make sure I ask you. I you met Princess Diana and she used to sneak your candles into the palace, is that correct? You used to sneak them in for her because as an as a very famous English person, it would have been ridiculed if she was bringing in America. So we used to sneak them in. I'm not going to tell you how we got them to Kensington Palace, but we used to sneak them in for her. Yes. And you actually have met her. Yeah, I remember meeting her. I, and she called me Mr. Slatkin, but I only met her and once, actually twice. But she said to me something that resonated with me through all the work my wife and I do in our own charity, because we're very philanthropic on the in the world of autism and mental health. And she said to me, Mr. Slatkin, if all the work I do is hits one child and I can change one child's life, I feel it's been worth it all. And for me, that has resonated for the last, oh God, what is that now? 20 two years ago or whatever it is, that has resonated with me in everything I do that, boy, if all we can do is change one child's life, we've been a success in our own lives. And I remember that. And she was so kind when she said it and so genuine when she said it. And then when she passed away, 
her sisters who were running her foundation, they came to us and asked us if we would do her memorial candle. And we did. We did her memorial candle um, with the Princess Diana Rose. And we said we'd do it once and we did it once. And I didn't want to really look like we were participating in profit off of her death. So the profits went to her foundation, which was still in, in, in the works. And so, yeah, it was those are special moments in your life. I, that's what I was going to ask you, because I think we forget people like her are actually human. And I was going to say, was there a human part of her? And you answered the question perfectly before I even had to ask it. And that story gave me the chills. It was very sad and kind at the same time. When, no matter whether it was Princess Diana, whether it's Oprah, whether it's all the people I've had the lucky privilege to meet, I would say 98% of them are all very real. Actually, when you get past the cameras and you get past the wonderful photography and the stories in the magazines, you know what? They all do the same thing we do. We all like to go in and have mac and cheese in the kitchen with the kids, and they all have to make sure they're having apple juice when the kids, I mean, it's pancakes on Sunday. We're all very similar in that way. So we all live that. It's just that 2% of, that sometimes reads those articles and believes them that you want to stay away from in life. And I've luckily stayed away from that 2% that believes their own stuff and that I don't want to be around. I had a spa. I don't know if you know this. I owned a spa in Los Angeles and I had a lot of celebrity clientele and I was very protective of their privacy. And it was like a safe if they would tell me anything. And you're right. They are human. And many of them have been build my business in LA. They're kind and, and generous. They are, but occasionally there is that two percenter that come in expecting you to absolutely lay down and die for them, and they believe their own press. And those are the ones that actually I just coy away from because life's too short for that. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to enjoy the people around me. And that's been a philosophy I've had for a very long time. I love that. And, you know, that's good advice for people listening in that own any kind of business is it's okay to turn people away if they don't make you feel good. It is. And, you know, Lori, one of the most important things I learned way back, way before I started Candles is respect. I think you can go, you can be next to the Queen of England and you as long as you have beautiful manners and you're kind, people are nice back to you and kind back to you. So I've always found it's when you have an attitude. So I'll just share a little story about, do you know what the, there's this thing called the Kabbalah? Yes. And we kept doing their candles because Madonna used to use our candles. We used to give them to her to, when she would perform. She always had them burning backstage when she was before she'd go on air because she always believed in the aura of scent and calm. And she just did do the, to the Kabbalah. We did the Kabbalah candles. And I remember once when my daughter was in kindergarten, there was one family that no matter how I said hello to them, they were rude. They were cold. And I went, got, got in the car one day with my wife and I said, I'm just not trying that anymore. I've done everything I possibly can. And I went to Kabbalah to my teacher because I was learning Kabbalah at the same time because I wouldn't just do Kabbalah candles unless I understood it. And he said to me, you know what, Harry, maybe they were having a bad day the first time you met them. How about tomorrow you go into your daughter's school and you wash that all away and you go in with a clean aura, a clean slate and say hello without that stuff behind it you've now built up. And I did, and now we're good friends. So I think it's all sometimes that we all have bad perceptions of people, and you gotta sort of just get rid of that bad aura and go in with a, you know, a happier atmosphere. Because I think again, that 98% are pretty much good people, and that's what I like to believe that pretty much everyone out there is good people. 
I love that. And you know what? That's kind of the whole karma thing too. What you put out is what you'll get back. I like it. It is. And actually perfume or perfuma in Latin means through smoke. And I don't know if you know this, but the Egyptians used to burn scent or oils as candles because it meant bringing all the good spirits into this world and keeping the bad spirits away. So I've actually always found in my home fragrance, it's very spiritual. I like to think that we spread good and bring good into people's lives. And I don't like negativity, so I stay away from it. This is funny because I do believe in the spiritual part of candles as well. My sister moved into a new home and everything has been going wrong. So we got a group of friends, we brought our candles and we went there and had a little ceremony and burned some sage and candles and everything. And it instantly feels better. Oh my God. First of all, listen, when we buy a new home or something, I'm Jewish, but I've got everyone coming in. I don't care what religion they are. I've got them coming in my house. They're going through the house, making prayers, knocking on walls, singing. We're doing the whole thing. So bring in the good aura in life because I only want happiness surrounding me, but a scented candle will get you there fast. Yes, I agree. I remember I had somebody come into my spa in LA because you would walk in, this was years ago when the economy was failing and the energy would feel stagnant. So this gal came in and she said, just put a pink candle in this corner. And I swear it changed everything. I don't know. Maybe it's just the intention, but. I'm so superstitious. You do know I'm going to be putting a pink candle in the corner of my room today. But the thing is, is I have a friend who's Greek. And so Greeks and Jewish, there are a lot of superstitions that go on. He's made me neurotic. I I can't pass the salt. I have to put it on the table first. If I spill my wine, I've got to dab it behind my ear. So my wife just rolls her eyes at all this. But I am very superstitious because, again, I'm all about positive energy. And if it brings more positive energy in my own mind or other people's mind, so be it. I bet you people so feel it. that in your candle creations too. Well, I do put a lot of love and hopefully I put personal magic in every candle because I do every candle I develop myself. Um, I have a wonderful team that obviously supports the business that I've been doing for these years, but I don't put anything out there that I haven't tried and true. And when I say that, I'm involved in the process from pick, working with the perfumers in the beginning to getting the samples correct to putting them up in a small ball jar candle to make sure I can burn it and like it, to getting wicked, to getting optimized. And if I don't like it at the very end, I'll kill that candle because my aura has to be in every single one going into someone's home. Now, how long does it take you on average to make a candle? Six to eight months. Six to eight months. Wow. Yes. And when you consider in my distribution, remember, I own the number one luxury brand, so Bergdorf Neiman Sachs. We sold that to Bath & Body Works, where I created the largest home fragrance company in the world. Now I'm on QVC. We're on in Kohl's and Ulta. So when every, that's a lot of candles. And I do. I get involved in everyone. My sniffer is going day in and day out. There is never a time that my, my, I'm not lit. I'm always lit. I, my dream job was to be on QVC as a child. I used to be fascinated watching those women. Tell me what that day is like. Is it as crazy as I've heard where something's in your ear and you're listening to five people while you're talking? The chairman of the board of QVC is going to kill, that chairman of the company is going to kill me if I tell this story, but I'm going to tell it, Lori. <laughs> I like your stories. <laughs> when I was 15 years old, I was watching then HSN, which was really the first one that, start, that got started by Barry Diller. And I was watching it and they had a reindeer made out of wood on it. And when you lifted its tail, it pooped peanut M&Ms. <laughs> and in those days, they listed how many sold and they sold 38,000 pooping reindeers. And I said to myself, if they can sell a reindeer that poops M&Ms, I can sell anything. So when I actually sold my company to Bath and Body Works and we started to turn the brand around, 
I, wa I wanted to go on QVC, but the brand founder did not believe in QVC. So he said no, but I did it anyway. And it did so well for the brand. We had to put signs on in Bath and Body Works as seen or sold out on QVC because they would run to the store the next day to smell it. So it was such a success that I opened up the investors conference explaining what you said, Laurie. It's fascinating. You sit. Now, the first time they ever did it, you have a thing in your ear and the producer is watching as you speak to see the spikes on the phone calls. So in your ear, he'll say, go back to this, go back to that, skip that, go along. And the first time I did it, I looked like a reindeer in light. I mean, <laughs> I, I literally looked like I sat on a hot sidewalk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but you get very used to it now as they take you from it. And it's quite brilliant. And they're so brilliant that if you walk in Victoria's Secret, I don't know if you know it, if they say to you at the front door, can I help you? They'll actually have a microphone attached to their ear that they'll say by the time you go somewhere, they'll know what you're looking for. So I think it's the brilliance of just marketing and understanding the customer because customers rule. They tell you everything. And so it's listening to your consumer. But QVC, a fascinating world. And I'm very proud to say that not only were, there, were we their number one home fragrance brand, but this year we won their customer best service award, which I actually pick up in person in two weeks at a big ceremony from QVC. Oh, how wonderful. Congratulations. It's an amazing family. And we're just, it's just a wonderful world. Everywhere I go, Ulta, all these brands at Kohl's, I launched Home Fragrance. I'm launching my first beauty brand ever. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I am. So I'm launching my first all clean beauty brand at Kohl's and I'm very excited about it. And it's a huge launch for us. I'm not supposed to say much, Lori. You are the first person I have told outside the company. Woohoo! Yes. Give me the scoop as much as you can. In all doors. So we're in all doors. We've got three national TV ads coming up to launch it on TV. It's a big launch for them. And so we're really, really excited about it. It's going to be in, we launch in 10 different scents. Got fruits and gourmands and exotics. And it's wonderful. It's a full bath, bath and body regimen. And it's also going to be online. It's just really exciting. We're doing seasonal. So there's going to be a huge holiday push for fall and for Christmas. It's a biggie for us. And that's our first foray into Bath and Body. So when you say beauty, is it really for, is it mostly for body and that kind of care? Or are you doing facial stuff or can you tell me? Uh, no, it's all body because I'm really not known for the face part of life. I'm really about scent. So I don't know if you know this, Lori, but I am an actual nose. And what that means in the industry is I was recognized and given an award by the perfumers. They voted to make me a nose. Past wart noses are Leonard Lauder from Estee Lauder, his mother, uh, Estee Lauder, Helena Rubenstein, Charles Resson, who founded Revlon. Those are past noses, official noses. Doesn't mean... You're born a nose like a perfumer. It means you're awarded it by the perfumers that you are an official nose. So I'm about scent. So my bath and body line is all about scent. I take it into my own world because remember, I won't launch something unless I love it. So my bath and body is all based around products that I've loved that I use in my own bathroom cabinet that I've said, oh, I like the way this cream works, but I don't like the way it lasts or I like the way this one works, but it dries me out. So I perfected all in this and it's quite exciting. I live in Palm Desert now and we need it out here. So can you tell everybody listening the name of it, your new venture? Yes. Yeah, so it's the same as the home fragrance at Kohl's. It's all called Scentworks. So I have Scentworks, which is at Kohl's. I have Homeworks, which is at QVC and Ulta. 
And then I have one more, Lori. Oh my God, should I say it? Sarah's sitting here who actually oversees all of this for me, rolling her eyes. Because, Lori, this is what happens when you get me to talk. So, Lori, can I just tell your listeners, your listeners, Lori and I spoke and we, Lori said, I started this because I like to ask a lot of questions. And I said, that's okay because I like to talk. And as you can <laughs> see, it just keeps rolling out of me whether you prod me along or not. But I launched a CBD brand for Bath & Body as well called PeaceWorks, and that will launch in late fall. Wow. Do you ever sleep? No. You're a workaholic? I dream. I love that. I love it. I dream. That is so cool. So I'm not a workaholic. Actually, Lori, I'm not a workaholic. I learned early on when I worked at Bear Stearns, there was a very famous chairman. His name was Ace Greenberg. And Ace Greenberg always said, if you can't get done what you need to get between done between nine and six, you're not doing it correctly. And that's been my mantra for everyone who works at the company and all my companies I've ever had. Because you got to have a personal life to balance off your business life. There's no doubt you got home and you're thinking about it. There's no doubt you're going to get emails in the evening. But you got to enjoy every bit of your life or you're really going to actually in 10 years look at it and say, was it worth those 10 years? I didn't have a balance to myself. Let me ask you a question. So if you say between nine and six, and I love that because lately I feel like I've been working too hard. Would, Would you say that having the right team allows you to have a life? And if so, tell me how you built that team. Yeah, I'm nothing who I am today without my team. Yes, I'm the one who babbles on and talks on and on about it. And I've had wonderful moments that I can talk about. But I'm standing in front of you of an amazing team. And how you do it, it's really, to me, the the relationships you you build as you're building your team. It's giving them always enough room because you've got to let them fail and learn because failure is, to me, the best thing you can do in business because you learn from your mistakes. When you do good things, you just pat yourself on the back and your head gets big. So you give them space to learn, but you're there to support them through it. And you've got to make sure that you enable them to be able to do their jobs and do it well. And if that happens, occasionally you're going to find some people who don't work in that world that you you want and you move on. Never make it last too long because that keeps you up at night and then you're working longer hours. But Listen, there are times you are working longer hours, don't get me wrong. But if you can't take a weekend and go somewhere for the weekend and put your business behind, and if you can't, you know, you know, go home at six o'clock to be with your family, it's a problem. Now, mind you, you still got to look at your emails and your texts and at 11 p.m. you do a few before you go to bed. But you really got to find a balance. But if you think you're it and you're a wonder person and you're doing it all on your own, that is a failure to business. Yeah, burn out fast that way. That's for sure. Self out for sure. But you're going to burn out a team because you're never going to allow them to be able to feel that they're contributing and doing what they need to do. They're going to be up always worrying that you're going to be looking over their shoulder. And that's not a success. How big is your team now? Right now we have 16 people um, at the company. I, I, I think, I don't know if you know my voyage, but after I sold the company to Bath and Body Works, I stayed there and grew it till it became about a billion dollars. I stepped down, I consulted for them with a non-compete. I then bought a fashion brand because I couldn't be in the beauty business with my best friend, Tommy Hilfiger. And I bought um, Bell Staff, which is a international outer, outerwear brand. I said I'd do that for three years. That was funny, Lori, but that's a whole nother moment because that was meeting you know, Anna Winter and, and, and all the fun stories that come into the fashion world. But then when my non-compete was up, I'd worked my first company I started when I was 15 years old. I thought I'd retire, but my wife did not like that. She said, <laughs> 
spent too much money and she didn't want me hanging around the house all day. So she actually encouraged me to go back to business and QVC came and asked if I would do their home fragrance and that's what started it. So three years ago, I went back into the home fragrance business. Okay, well, I want, is there, you may have to ask Sarah this sitting there with you, is there a URL, a web address where we can send people to look at your, your scent works or do they have to go to Kohl's? How can somebody find out more about you? Because you've been so enjoyable and lovely to talk to. I know they're going to want to go support your brand. Thank you. That's so kind of you, Laurie. And thank you, everyone. I am nothing without my customer support. So it means a lot to me. Uh, there are a few ways. So I have Instagram accounts under Homeworks, under Scentworks, and I have my own and that's a great way of learning and seeing what we're doing and what we're up to next. All three of those Instagrams keep you up to date on the newest launches, what's happening, future sneak peeks. Not like I did with you, Laurie. I'm going to get yelled at when I hang up. <laughs> Oversharing for sure. But that's a good way of staying in touch with those, those three Instagrams. I want to tell everyone listening, it's Homeworks with an X at the end, not a K. And Scentworks, right? With an X, not a K. Works and Peaceworks all have an X at the end of them. So absolutely, it's the trademark to the brand. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes too when they, they go. Harry does not have an X to it. There's no neck X next to me. And my Instagram is just Harry Slatkin. Okay, and then as we wrap up today, and again, this has been one of the most fun shows. I know people are going to love listening to you, but now you. on a more serious note, we have a lot of beauty entrepreneurs that listen to this show. If you could give them some sound advice on how to make it. What would that be as far as success tips? Okay, I think the most important one I learned very early on, and we don't have time, but when I was um, when we launched the Diana, Princess Diana candle, I remember one department store carried us, and they we had actually told them that we were all on computer and all this stuff, which we really weren't at the time, and it ended up becoming a bit of a fiasco. I learned early on in life, don't ever lie. <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> the most important thing, because no matter what the issue is, People are always there to help you through it. So never lie. That's one. Always have integrity in your product. Believe what you do. If you don't like it, never put it out there. That'll always come back to haunt you. So integrity in your product. Don't lie. Always be honest and just have passion because when your cash flow isn't flowing the way you want it to, passion is going to get you through it. When things are tough and it's hard at work, Passion's going to get you through it. And when you're having a great time, you enjoy all the passion and hard work you put into it. So those are my tips that I can possibly share with everybody. I love it. Thank you so much. And I want to, I want to ask one more question. Of course. And that is what was Princess Diana's favorite scent? Well, we actually, we, we used to sneak in, she loved florals. So we used to sneak in our floral scents. Elton John's candle was her number one favorite. So we used to sneak Elton John in. You'd think it would be easier having an English rock and roll royalty himself candle, but it was still made by an American company. So I would probably say Elton, we did four candles, Elton one that we did for him. And I would probably tell you my, uh, my gardenia scent and my tuberose scent. She liked florals. She loved florals. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. And I also want to mention something that was very impressive to me. I emailed your team on Sunday and said, Hey, I just had a cancellation on Tuesday. And you answered right away and said, yes. So I think another thing that you may actually practice in your business is to say yes. Well, dive in. I, I think, I think where the yes always comes into me is, and Lori, obviously I'd listened to you beforehand. So I knew you. So I said, yes, because it's you, but also 
everyone listening to you, they rule my life. I mean, I am nothing without my customer base or the people that tell me what they like and what they don't like. So I will always, always, as Sarah sitting here will say, say yes if it means I get to talk to the people who actually burn my candles, like or dislike. I don't mind negative criticism. I learn from it. But yes, I will always say yes if it means connecting to my candle of friends and audience. I love it. Well, I wish you so much continued success. And you really, this has been one of the most fun interviews. I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much, Lori. And I hope you'll have me back because this was a lot of fun for me. Of course I will. Have an awesome day and we'll chat soon. Absolutely. See you soon, Lori. Thanks, Harry. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of The Beauty Biz Show. If you enjoyed the show and you would take the time to leave a kind review over on iTunes, that is very much appreciated. And if you find you are left craving more beauty biz inspiration and success tools, then you're going to want to head over to beautybizclub.com, which is the premier online success academy where talented practitioners go to maximize their potential and to become booked perfectly. Again, that is beautybizclub.com and it would be my pleasure and my honor to help you tap into your highest potential in the beauty industry. 